From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 104, and today I'm joined by Stefan Brogan, an actor and director who's been involved in pretty much every iteration of the Degrassi series, except for, I believe, Kids of Degrassi Street. But uh, he's now directing and, you know, show running and doing all that kind of fun stuff on, uh, on the current series. As well as filmmaker and actor Jackie English, whose recent film Becoming Burlesque is available pretty much wherever you can get films on the internet. So you should check it out. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. Okay, so we're sitting down to watch The Wild Bunch. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen the film. I'm Stefan Brogan. I have not seen the film as well. And I'm Jack English, and I, I'm not even sure I've heard of this film. Nice! Well, I, I went through a book of, like, the top 100 movies of all time, and I was like, seen it, seen it, seen it. It's like, oh, so I think, I think when I was talking to you, it came down to The Wild Bunch and Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Were the two movies I and have not seen. You had Miller's before. Crossing. Miller's Crossing, yeah, yeah. That was that was one I just, I've got to see sooner or later. Yeah, you Miller's Crossing is great. And we had already done Midnight Cowboy, so. How, often, how hard is it to find people that haven't seen a movie that... You'd be surprised. I, I, it's usually not a struggle. The hardest person was probably Norm Wilner. He's the head um, critic for Now Magazine. Yeah. And just because his job is literally to watch everything. Of course. Yeah. So usually he comes on. Because the, uh, the kind of the rule for this podcast, as long as someone hasn't seen the movie. It's allowed. Because okay. sometimes people are like, oh, you're doing that movie. I love that movie. I'd love to come in and just Right. So you've seen The Wild Bunch? It. I have not. Okay. No, none of us have. So this, is, this isn't always that common that not everyone has. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it was get, I was getting into some like Italian films that I was like, maybe this is better. This is a, a, a better base of film that we all haven't seen because I just couldn't figure out what have you not seen at this point doing this podcast, you know? Like, yeah. And we're, we're over a hundred episodes now. So, yeah. so I'd say, I don't know. I don't know the, I haven't done the math on it, but it's like probably about half of them are movies I haven't seen right. half or, and half are ones that I'm revisiting and really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Like Jackie and I, uh, did the sting mm-hmm. a little oh, while that's back. Awesome. Yeah. yeah that was she great. hadn't yeah. seen it, but I have. And yeah. I mean, I've seen the sting a million yeah. goddamn times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Norm often comes on as like the guru to tell like a million amazing stories story behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I got him to do one recent, we ended up doing the, the new it, um, right? Because he missed it because it was playing during TIFF. Right. So he just hadn't seen it yet. That's funny. So that's, that's how I, that's the closest I got to that. But it's not that bad. Usually it's like, you can throw people like AFI lists. You can throw people, uh, yeah, just, or just filmmakers and go pick something off. Yeah. Their filmography. But people don't, I find it's, it's surprising that people don't tend to have a problem coming up with films that they've always wanted to see and never I got around to. I haven't seen a shocking amount of films. There's also that. I upset people with certain classic yeah. films that I haven't seen. I think I saw, I finally saw like The Godfather two years ago. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. So I'm, I've always been bad that way. 
No, I go I'd through phases. I'd probably see more like indie Canadian films than sure. like classics because I go out of my way to scout them out, see what people are doing. Well, I think there's that point also where you're sort of like in high school and college where that's that's the time if you're interested in film and, and television. That's where you see everything. Yeah. And then if you miss it during that period of time, you just kind of go, well, I, that's, it's out of the picture now. Like, I just, I'm not going to see that because when am I going to, you know, when am I yeah. going to find that time? Because like, as you're, you know, as you fall in love with film, I think you try to see all the classics if you're into that, you know? That's just it. And, 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 and I even go now and I expand further and I'm like, well, who inspired the person that inspired me? Sure. And that, and going deeper and diving further. And that's that where I'm, deep. that's where I'm now. That's deep I've cuts. i seen a lot of old films. Do you remember Saturday Night at the Movies? Oh, with uh, El Yost. El Yost, yeah. I watched absolutely. that all the time. Yeah, that was like was my small. dad and me watching that yeah. when we were kids, for sure. Those are like old black and white movies, a lot of the Absolutely, time. yeah. No, I mean, I, I remember like, I think I think for my like, I must have been the third grade and the first movie I saw at home on a projector, my dad got it from my birthday was, we watched King Kong. Mm. And so, so amazing. Yeah. I just saw that on Broadway. And I hadn't seen. There's a, movie. a Broadway version of King Kong. It's amazing. It takes thirteen puppeteers. Well, it technically ends on Broadway, right? <laughs> yeah, it's totally. fantastic. Wow, I yeah, bet. it's a spectacle. That's like, amazing. The, the it's a giant monkey. It fights a twenty foot snake. It's just pure, pure tech. Yeah, I don't know what it is about King Kong though, because I had that's if you look at my iTunes, I'd like I've got all the King Kong movies from like the Jeff Bridges one from the seventies, and it's like. There's something. It might be because of, I've, it was one of my earliest. Oh, probably it's in, it's imprinted upon you. Yeah, right? absolutely. Same with Snow White was actually probably the first movie I ever saw, and Star Wars was the second one. So you're totally imprinted at that point. Yeah, mm. it's crazy, just crazy. I'm trying to have the first movies I saw because I just watched everything as a kid, and also I was you know one of the last kid kids. I'm sure you were the same. Where yeah. it's just like parents were not paying attention to what you're watching, so you watch whatever you want. But I didn't have any way to watch movies on screen. But my mom ran a theater, so I spent early childhood watching theater, actually. Uh, right. I remember it was my, I think it was my, I was in grade six, and it was my birthday, so the whole class is there. And someone brought over Risky Business on VHS. <laughs> and, of course, my dad walks in right when she's, like, blow her, you know, the, the curtains blow open, and Rebecca DeMorne is, like, completely naked, and, like, Tom Cruise is grabbing her from behind, and he, like, he could not turn off that machine fast enough. And it was, like, that movie, that was a movie I had not seen for years afterwards. Yeah. And it was so taboo in my head. Hilarious. Yeah. Just the worst. That's mm-hmm. funny. So you know nothing about The Wild Bunch. No. You just learned the title, I think. The Wild Bunch. There we go. I just saw Do you know what genre it is? You know what? I don't. I just okay, saw okay, that let's I play this game. I like going in, like, I saw that I didn't know it at all. That's good. And I was like, I'm going to go. So we won't give wanna... away too much, but what, what, just guess what the genre is based on the title. I feel like based on the title, it's like a coming of age young boy story. Maybe in some way it is. I don't know for sure, but that's like probably... Like, I see a bunch of guy, young guys with bicycles on a small town. Do you want to know what the genre is? <laughs> I don't Or do you to. want to be super surprised? Let's be super surprised. Okay, let's keep that. The only, the only thing I really know, I know some of the cast. Yeah. And I know... Who directed it? Sam Peckinpah. Sam Peckinpah, okay. That's what I know. Yeah. And I know that it's, and it's an iconic, great movie mm-hmm. from the 60s. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it sounds like you're describing uh, what's Pony Boy? Um, oh, what's that movie? Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking the, about the uh, the Outsiders. The Outsiders. That's what it sounds like. You think it is sort of the Outsiders. That's okay. Yeah, or, or uh, there is that Brando movie, The Wild One. The, oh, right. So yeah. she's not far off. No, not at all. Which, so anyway, let's you know, let's just dive into it right now. Okay. Because if you know nothing, I don't want to say anything that's going to give it away. Because this is so fun for me. 
It's really fun. All right, let's do it. Okay. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. And Jackie, what kind of movie was it? I think it was pretty much Boys with Bicycles. Yeah, Boys with Bicycles? She's not wrong. Well, no. the, except the men were grown and the bicycles were horses and nobody really came of age, but, you know. Not a coming of age story. No. That, that was the only thing you got wrong. <laughs> uh, what'd you think? Uh, I think that that movie could never, ever be made today. In what, in what sense? Um, there's too much, like, too many conditions of... Like, you can't treat oh. animals like oh. that. You can't have that many, like, children background on, like, seven-hour days. No, but you can tell that you can have all your heroes die, and and you just can't show them shoot women as much as they do in that wow. movie. Like, they just did not give a fuck about women like, in the movie. I swear. Well, they gave a fuck about women, but not much else. Yeah, they threw a fuck into women. They didn't, yeah. I don't know if they... Yeah. They didn't give a fuck about much, though. Like, it's, I mean, you could say that the women were depicted poorly, but I don't think the men were depicted particularly sympathetic. Oh, I don't, think, I, I don't think people were predicted poorly. I think they were predicted or, or depicted as, as they were probably back then. I think that's part of the shocking fact. I think that there's a bit of a shock factor what, even back then. Whores? No, like that. I mean, they just murder whoever they want. In, in yeah, their, they just murdered everybody men, women, horses. Yeah, and that's and it's interesting. Jackie, while we were watching, Jackie asked if this was like accurate to the the time period, uh, and and the type of people. And it's, I mean, it's interesting because this is a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how, did a heist like that happen? Like, did people steal arms from trains? And oh yeah, I mean, and- all this. I mean, a lot of it's exaggerated, and but I think it, a lot of it's uh, steeped in just. Old campfire stories that got passed down, passed down over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think this is. Ba- I think this is based on a novel, right? Um, oh no, I, we look, Sam Peckinpah had a writing credit, but I don't remember seeing story by. Anyway, uh, either way, um, yeah. It's, I think you either worked for the railroad, you were in the army, or you came to the west to try to get your riches, and it was. Probably almost always illegal. Yeah, and if you didn't get a, a, your plot of land, yeah, like yeah. it's funny because even those guys, the the brothers, they said that when they thought that that was their last, before they realized the washers were what they stole, which was amazing. What yeah. a great, what a great twist. Yeah. Mm. Um, that they said that that they're going to use that money to buy a tract of land. Right. So it's like, but it's, so it's interesting that it's like even, and that's a common thing in a lot of these stories that. You know, it's the last one. We're doing one last heist. Sure. Uh, and But they're going to buy a tract of land, which means that they've, they've spent their whole lives just doing these illicit, illegal things. But they'll have to legally purchase land at some point to settle down. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at one point it seemed like... Who were the older gentlemen that were not from... Uh, when was a mercenary? And, or, William, uh, William Holden oh, and then... William Holden and Ernest Boardman? No, uh, like the, his buddy. Oh, so... At one point, you know, he Birdman got shot, Pike, basically. Pike, and the other guy was... Um, who was working... At the very end of the movie, who was working for the... One of the mercenaries for the railroad. And yeah. And used to be buddies. It seemed like at one point in flashbacks, their life wasn't that bad. It seems like they were on a downward spiral as far as, like, how things were going, right? Like, they were doing it up. They had suits. 
Yeah, with the uh, with all the they're in a parlor with the parlor with all the women. Well, I think that's how heists work. I think you, you just you, you run you your money through and yeah, you you do a big score and you blow it and then you need to score again. Yeah, we saw the same thing in the in the last one. Uh, the sting, yeah, the sting. I think that's the same lifestyle. It's kind of the flashy lifestyle of a heistman. Yeah, and then you just live in a in a. <laughs> in the manger fiscally with the, responsible with the, yeah. people by nature <laughs> no and even and they joke about that that's the that's their bonding moment at the beginning of the film because um pike says that you know while you guys were squandering your money on whores uh i was using the, you know the Getting last of my money horses. yeah to set up this yeah. job and they're like you might as well just spend it on horse yeah and then he laughs because they're right yeah. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. so like and you wonder if as an audience member when this movie came out were you laughing along with it in of that way you were. that was like completely inappropriate by today's standards? But was it? it was, there was some. There's steps where there's moments I, I, in it where I don't know that this film like is more or less inappropriate <laughs> by the standard of the day. I think it was probably always outrageous. They're probably just more used to films being outrageous. Oh, I don't know. Not like we're just coming out of the Hayes production code. So like the idea and and like that. Not that there was any language in this movie. Because that's just the thing. I think you could always shoot and kill whoever and however many sure. people you wanted. Yes, but the, the, the but I killing think, women. But this is also but this is also film. coming out of traditional westerns. Like the the traditional westerns are sort of dying at this point, right? Yeah. Where, with with the uh, yeah yes, and, yes yes and so now you have a movie about like which, Fistful of Dollars is coming out. Spaghetti westerns are starting to happen. Spaghetti westerns were happening, and now like Fistful of Dollars would have come out in Italy in '64. So two years prior, maybe. But it hadn't come out in America until '67, so it's a year after this. Okay. But that so, movie was doing well internationally. So there's a movement going on for to show the real West in a sense, because up until that point it was John Wayne, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it would be the hero sheriff uh, saving the town. Yeah, guy rolls into town, saves the town. And uh, rolls out. Yeah, but I feel like the the I mean, the, the filmmaker, the like lens of the film isn't really on the side of this attitude that the gangsters had. If anything, it was on the side of like the sort of child witnesses that are throughout yeah. the film. I really love that um, he sets that. And Sam Peckinpah is the director, and he sets that up early in that first. Not not until almost the end of that first, um, you know, heist gone wrong. Is all of a sudden it cuts to that oh, boy and the girl. Scene. The kids are watching. But it's not. In. It's not right away. It's it, it's about. It's near the end of it. It shifts right at the end of it. It it cuts to that. It just shows that little boy and girl okay. hugging, and then the next like but thirty a group seconds. Of kids that watch them ride in with the scorpions and the. Oh, ants. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. right away, the childs are watching what's happening, and learning their violence from the adults, sort of. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, so I, see, for me, it was like that, 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 it was specific that image of those two kids was, hugging. Yeah, mm-hmm. that made me think of it. But you're right; they they were and those ants too. Even that, that you couldn't show on camera. You'd have to have like oh, scorpions. there was there was breastfeeding going on. There was really that breastfeeding shot was amazing because the way it pulled back and then you realize oh she's got an ammo belt on. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's the thing that killed me about that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, I. Uh, yeah, but the child witnesses were throughout. So throughout. to me, that that was like. That is interesting. Like, it's there was a about it saying this is this is. Yeah, it was a real appropriate con- or like this is good. Like you know what I mean? Like yes, they're laughing and you're trying to use like uh, the camaraderie. Basically, we're trying to use the sort of the loyalty and the camaraderie of this messed up group to sell us on that group over the other group that had sort of less camaraderie mm-hmm. and less loyalty amongst them. So we like this group better because at least they were... 
Well, they had a code they had to a some code. extent. Yeah, and so even we, Ernest, can, we can respect that. Ernest Borgnine even yeah, Ernest Borgnine even says at one point, it's not about what. What does he say? He, he says, says it's it's um, it's not about the your word. It's about who you give it to. Yes, Ernest Borgnine was the only character also that didn't sleep with a woman in the movie. He was sort of like. I think they had to ground it in some way that they do. The, everyone else in that movie, especially the two brothers, were just sort of maniacs. Those guys were the biggest assholes, by the way. They like, were fantastic assholes. Yeah, they're just amazing assholes. And they, uh, even, what was the one point? We, I, I just kept on calling him Cook in My Head, the old guy that was with them. The guy who was just uh, drooling. The tobacco. one point, he's just taking a piss off in the corner and they throw a stick of dynamite at him. <laughs> just to fuck with him. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's not even that mad. I mean, he's mad, but you guess like, that's just the day. That's just they pick on him. I get the feeling it happens every time he tries to take a piss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those guys. They, they just, they what? I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I found the movie started to get really, really repetitive for me. In the sense that it's like, now these people are screwing these people over and now they're back aligned with them and now... Yeah, it's... I was at the point where we're at the train heist, which was the most exciting part for me, actually. Yeah. I, I felt like you... It's by... Once again, by today's standards, you're winding that film down. Mm. That's just the midpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and, uh, and you might have one more chapter, but there's like three more chapters of, of revenge and, and plotting and... and uh, and they spend a long time in each heist, like even that opening heist, like with the with the rooftop. Mm-hmm. In a film today, that would be much shorter, just to set the tone. Set the you know what I mean? Like that shoot 'em up scene went on. It for also took us a little while to minutes. figure out, at least for me, who was who off the top, as far as like who were those people on top that they were the mercenaries working for the yeah. railroad. I was okay. Yes, but the, the the length of time they spent shooting didn't help us along. There. You know, here's the thing: I would I would disagree with that because I find that modern action films now we've gotten back into movies of this length, mm-hmm. and I find that the set pieces are even are. Just as long and convoluted and over the top the way. Like what's interesting about this one is just how much gunfire is going on for a movie of this time. Sure, and it's it's, oh, it's aggressively it's, violent for the time. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, but now that's the, that's the norm. Yeah, like, that's the kind of stuff you see in these kind of war movies all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I find that because I find that except and it was happening during this movie that just when I'm thrown into a sequence of just excessive action that doesn't really change the story or plot. It puts me into like a bit of a coma and it makes me fall asleep. Mm-hmm. That's um, fair. I think the one thing that kept me going through this film, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of this film. Yeah. To tell you the truth. I think there's other Westerns that I, that I think had a bigger effect on me growing up. And it's weird because it, it does sort of fall into this like golden age of cinema where like the, the violence is really graphic and the story's not convoluted, but it definitely sort of, it doesn't have a clear path. But the performances of like William Holden is old school Hollywood, yeah. and it feels it's a weird connection where like I'm watching like the Ernest I love Ernest Borgnine, but you're watching sort of old Hollywood and this new idea sort of mesh together. So it's not really it do, it doesn't feel like it's 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 a little messed up for me. I don't know. I just I I, I was a little yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about it, Jackie. About the film? Yeah, in general. Um. It's a it's a it's a weird film. Yeah. I don't know. Like the like I said, I don't even think like logistically you could make it 
today. Like, there's there's so many things. You could. That, it's just, you wouldn't do it, but, like, I mean, it, it, would, it would be CG. Like, this is the thing. It would be CG, else. yes. I was constantly concerned about the animals. I was constantly concerned about like the seen, horses, too. We've all seen those movies from the past where, like, you know, it's they, like the, the rules were different. Four horses fell off a bridge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Into water, they were fun. We I saw was them worried about the ones that fell down the, the the sand. The sand. There's dude. some broken horse legs in there for sure. Oh, there were some horses. The horses if they break their legs. So there's a hundred percent from that film. hundred percent. And there was definitely like there's so many children on set that there's no way they were like. I mean, the children were just weren't doing much anyways. But so I'm not really worried about the children. But I just today I there's you so have many a major more. conversation about how many there's so many uh, protocols now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say it couldn't be made today. Yeah, just I'm the sheer sure amount that, of union rules would probably make it almost impossible to look like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm also sure that like half the people that were sort of playing uh, Mexicans were not Mexicans. Well, I, but I'm also sure that they're like the ones that were playing sort of the whores that were like. Covered in in wine or whatever when they were I, ten, ten bucks they didn't know that what was happening that day and One they showed up they're like sure. yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah we're going to be under the the wine is going to pour on us and our boobs are they going to show tell, they didn't tell felt, it, it feels like it, it was the wild west film, stand you know? with that like, guy. Yeah. Oh, okay that's I will say that this is not uncommon for movies of from this time. era yeah. before but just if you look at um, like today was my movie day. I just uh, I, I let myself watch movies all day. Yeah. And so I watched The General this morning for the first time. Uh, I haven't seen The General. It's a Buster Keaton movie. Yeah. Mm. Holy fuck. If you want to... Th- that movie's 1927. There is stuff in that movie that would put this movie to shame. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's there's, a, there's oh. like several train heists that you're going... They're doing everything in that frame for real. There's a... I'm upset with myself that I'm really super weirdly sensitive about films like this now. Like, because I feel yeah. like we all grew up with them in a weird way. But it's like, it's just, it's... It's but the, but they, it's funny because like the 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 girls as whores didn't really bother me because, um, it's not like they were saying these women are whores and these guys are redeeming. I found the women almost classier than the guys, despite the fact they were whores. Um, and the, listen, I I but it, but the thing that's like but there was like a there's like um the the main sort of thrust of the film is this sort of bromance essentially this is like broiness that happens and that despite the fact that times have changed is exactly the same there's that broy thing is still going on it will never change it's, it's the essence of being a guy yeah this is basically a Fast and the Furious movie <laughs> yeah I guess so kind of yeah true enough on horses but yeah but to our original point, it's about boys on bicycles. It's boys on bikes. <laughs> but am yeah. I but am I wrong though? That sort of that like broy camaraderie where your buddies are I don't bigger know. I than mean, everybody else. Well, they literally sure. go back to save Angel at the end. The, yeah, absolutely. And that's what causes. And then they shoot and the general when the, he shoots his buddy, and that that is it's and the and the sort of flashbacks of all the like good times. You know what I There's mean? There's something you said though also about a character that kills his ex girlfriend because he's sleeping with the general now. And it's so it, like you. I, it took me a minute to wrap my head around what Angel was doing. Yeah, like they wait. Like he that's he's just killed his girlfriend, and we're and everyone's and pissed. Still, he, he's still. I'm still have to be on his side, and so I had to wrap my head around that a little bit. Also, that that he's one of our heroes, our anti heroes in this thing. Mm-hmm. Thing, but it was really hard to bounce back from that because I was like, wait, did he mean it? Oh, he really meant to do that. He wasn't aiming for the general. No, and then the movie, but the movie even knows that because it takes a moment. We're all sad, and we all sat up and said, "What the fuck?" And everyone in the movie does that too. And then he says, 
Oh, he was just jealous that she's with you now. And then everyone bursts into fucking laughter, (laughs) and they're okay with it. That's what I mean by the the bro code. I'm not saying the bro code happens like this today, but I'm just saying... Oh, it's a bro code move. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's the cowboy cowboy code. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if that had happened in a club today, and he didn't shoot the girl, but he, like... Dissed her. Brushed her off. Yeah. Or whatever, like, you would have a laugh about it, too. Do you mean, like... Like, if you take the violence out of it and just, like, do the social dynamics of it. Sure. Hey, I think there were three times in the film where there were jokes about them being with whores in a town. Didn't, like, when, when they stole all the, uh... Yeah, that was their washers. running gag. Yeah, like, yeah. and they, they all laughed together. Like, that is sort of... The same thing. And yeah. the same thing at the end. They all came out and basically, like, high-fived. Because they all were in with the horrors. Also... That's a big success. This is the other thing that I think that would be... It would be such a story point in a movie today was how young all the prostitutes were in, in like with these old men constantly so, and it's so like one of the I think ones, it's like probably legit ones. these are probably legit things that happened in the west oh for sure oh, yeah. you know well, but, was much but if they made that movie then. today you would uh, there'd be uh, an uproar would be a real plot point I think to you know when he's she's sitting there and she's sort of washing herself afterwards I'm like oh, that girl can't be older than 16 but she has a baby already sure it's yeah it's the wild west but yeah. I just think like even in casting it would be tough to get away with that with a studio film today mm-hmm. yeah it's tough this, you, you have this, a, yeah, a it's unmakeable character. today it's unmakeable it's not though these kind of movies are made I disagree that I, it's yeah, I, think I mean made. sure if you want to look at all the horses stuff Yes, all those the kind of things. Made. It's a Tarantino Just, film. I mean, let's face facts. It is kind of a Tarantino so, film, I would say. So you can you still make it today. It's yeah. still the yeah. If the, anything, uh, this film was just ahead of its time. Yeah, or not or the beginning of the movement. The, yeah, that actually keeps coming back in, in yeah. film. I mean, that's a better way to look at it. There's definitely reasons why this movie is a classic. I think that because of the films of like the Tarantinos and and also you know just the the movies of Clint Eastwood over time, whether it be like Pale Rider when we sort of I think was one of the first you know, uh, Westerns I saw as a young kid that this is, this is sort of the original, you know, the original anti-hero movie. Yeah. We've seen so much, we've seen that, that genre grow, let alone that they don't have to do, we, I mean, you're right. When you're, when, as far as like <laughs> the, the, the peril of animals and, and, and extras in the, in these movies, you would not see today, but the story, the story is quite, Tropey in a lot of ways, as far as like the bad guys going, you know, that you root for. Yeah, and they, and they, they have stuff like this on Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know, it's on television now. It's Westworld, also, you know? I mean, I have, I have points I was like, this is very. This Westworld literally stole certain, I think, sequences out of this movie. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, but there's some women that have lines on Game of Thrones, too, so. Yeah, but, the, yeah, but they're also treated like pieces of meat, you know, constantly on that show. I'm literally just watching that show for the first time now. Um, but I mean, what's interesting is where is it, where this is coming from and where it's going, because like you said, so where, I mean, where it's coming from is it's coming from, you know, people like Kurosawa, mm-hmm. who is, you know, the samurai S- film and then where it's leading is into, yeah, Tarantino and, mm-hmm. and that generation and, and those people that are making those films because, you know, you look at seven samurai and you look at the stuff they're doing on horses, it's bonkers, you know, I'm, I'm kind of upset with myself that I am so sensitive to it now because it does pull me out of the movie sometimes and I just don't feel like I grew up that way watching these movies because it's just we've we've grown so much as a society to know what well, you it, but it did it well but I think as a kid you watch it and you're like oh it's a movie it's all made up none of it's real yeah but now but, you go there's no way of doing that without 
hurting the horses. The horses they, bothered they, me the most, I think. We literally, we legit saw a scorpion get eaten by ants. And it was like, that's, this is a nature film moment that you just wouldn't even get to put in a film today. You don't think so? Well, you, it would no, only, I don't think so. It would work it today if they showed up on set, this was already happening, and they went, oh, we can shoot this. We caught it. Yeah, we caught it. And we caught, yeah, we, caught we didn't like set it up. Nature films all the time and people are like this. Yeah, I just think those. that you'd have, I mean, there's just, they're, they're, the studios are going to have guidelines as far as like what they're going to actually allow a film to do, right? Like, think about like a dog's, a dog's journey or a dog's uh, purpose, that movie, and how much that yeah. movie was under so much scrutiny based on how they were treating these dogs as far as like the amount of time they get to relax, to eat, how they were treated. So so I don't think a studio is worried about going to throw the scorpion and put the ants on top. And then set it on fire. And set it on fire. Which I listen, I mean it's kind of sickly like a little like the Boy Scout in me is like loving it. You know, because it's just like you don't see that now, you know. It's mm-hmm. it, but it is a it's aggressive as far as Well it's also it, it's when you when you you know finish the movie and you look back on it, that's actually a perfect metaphor for the movie themselves. It's like they're just you know the scorpion being them, uh-huh. you know, our anti-heroes, and the ants being just the, these armies of other people that are after them. But you in bet. the end, they're all set on fire. None of them are going to make it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We really Absolutely. needed to watch the first three minutes. It's oh. true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But that's how I, you know, think of it going back, going, oh, it's such an excessive thing to do that, but it's like, oh, no, but it's a really perfect kind of metaphor for what we're about to watch. We're about to watch chaos. Like, like and that's creatures killing creatures. And, right off the bat. Yeah, the children it's the children watching. who are controlling everything. The child witnesses. They, it's a kid that kills Ernest Borgnine and, and Holden at the end, right? He mm-hmm. kills them both, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Little, little Mexican kid? It's, yeah, it's yeah. There is a there. I I didn't pick up on it as far as the the children throughout the movie though. No. But it's like, well, I mean, I was aware of it, but like, I was just concerned for their well being. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get hurt. I kept the the one the kid that came out running out with the telegram. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're gonna kill him. They're gonna kill him. But they actually they did not kill a kid. You're that right. Was, it's like it is they didn't of, kill any kids. They but his his like that the 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 facial expression between the general and this kid that was idolizing him. Did you see how much he was idolizing him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even in the beginning, after the first shoot 'em up, all the kids started play fighting afterwards, and the like the adoration in the messenger kid looking up at the general. Like there mm-hmm. was a, the child witness factor was huge for me. I very much noticed it. And even the baby after he was with the whore at the end there was a baby witness to that. Yeah, the, the kids witnessed everything. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Except for the train robbery. There's no kid. There was well, no kids and, and some of the soldiers were almost kids. Yeah, yeah they were like boys. They did. Yeah. They specifically showed the most boyish of the soldiers on the train looking up at him. Huh. Fascinating. It's interesting. That's definitely something that that it must have been like an image that Peckinpah just got stuck in his brain somewhere and really wanted that to to be a story because it's not really. It's one of those things that might not have even been in the script, but it's the kind mm-hmm. of thing that's like he just brought out. As a film, because it's not really, it doesn't relate to the story, really, in any way. Well, it definitely, definitely feels directorial. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is, but it's, but it's, it's, it's one right, of those that things that may have not have even been written down. I don't know how, to what extent. May, I mean, it probably was, but to what extent? Yeah, it, it was, was fleshed scripted. out as like as having like an arc mm-hmm. and whatnot, and revealing. It's really, it's, it's such an interesting choice, given what they the, were taken out by the kids in the end. I mean, it's. 
I don't know if I'm reading too deep into it, but... It's... Yeah, but it's also like... They, and they didn't really belabor this too much, but you're also getting a sense that... Um, like, you'd noticed early on about the, the, the gun, the different kind... Like, you know, it's not just six shooters in this movie. They're using these pistols mm-hmm. from... That are... And, and we were trying to figure out what year this took place, and we could look it up, but I think it's like... The, so it's got to be like 19... I mean, late twenties, early. It's so a, Latin America it's a, has a car. You know, there's yeah, the Mex- Mexico, but it's very special. Is, this car is very special. Yes, yeah. It's uh, so I guess nineteen twenties. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. But, but it just was. So what it's it is that it's like this is on the edge of you know this way of life dying down. They're the aging cowboys that are probably mm-hmm. the last generation before. Real settlements yeah, are taking what's the, place. One of the last things he says. It's not like it used to be, but it'll do. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, they right of, off. It's definitely end of the, an era. The Casablanca ending. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, it did feel like the last, the, the old guard, was their last chance for, for some sort of glory or, but all, all, you know, all, all the land was gone at that point. There's not, they, they really, they really was coming into this without a, sort of a, a real lack of hope, which is mm-hmm. a lot of cowboy movies anyways, though. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's kind of like most of them. And I mean, that's why, you have these movies with these big giant gangs because you know half of them or more are not going to survive. Right. They're not going to make it out. I mean, you know, The Magnificent Seven is like that, mm-hmm. which is based on Seven Samurai yeah. and, uh, you know, Fistful of Dollars, all those movies. And If they're, if they're like roughbacks, if they're all, it's like, you know, it's the Dirty Dozen. If, it's any, if, if they're bad guys, you learn to love them, but they have to die. Yeah, that's you just know? it. And there, and it's interesting. Like I thought, what I really liked about the first half of this movie in particular was just, especially that that first opening. I really liked that scene, even though it ends with them all like laughing about the the whoring. You know that I thought that that scene did a really great job of uh, us getting to know who these five guys were mm-hmm. and how they related to each other, kind of what their quirks were, what their you know what they wanted and needed. And I thought that it was a really I was kind of surprised by that because the movie just throws you into. This action sequence, yeah, and usually it's sort of the 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 setup usually is is that we have each we sort of get a little bit of an introduction to each one of them. They sort of hit me up all the same time when they get back to the and they realize they only have the washers for for their treasure. That's the only time I actually started to get to know who the hell everyone was. Well, they didn't but it all happened at the same time, and so I was like, mm-hmm. it, it it was it wasn't like I feel like. The, I feel like the studio today would ask for like you got to develop this one character first before you develop this other character, and I got to know. And they, but they sort of like you're, you're just put in on it. Or know? it would be like find a moment inside of the heist to introduce each of them with something that lets us know who they are. Where Which I thought they were doing with uh, what's his name who got blown away right at the beginning though, who was the grandson. Yeah, they yeah. Spent I thought time I was like, oh, him. he's not. But, and they actually spent more time on the. Uh, on the on the mercenaries on the roof, actually, in that opening scene. Remember yeah, there was one, the one, one kissing the gun, and there was the other one who's a little hot headed. Like he calls him a peckerwood. <laughs> so some yeah. some great insults in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't mind that. I thought there was something really fascinating about just being thrown into it and having to go, okay, what's going on? Who there? Because even it's not until they they get into the office and they throw that guy, the railroad guy, over over the. Um, you know, not balcony over like the 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 railing thing. Yeah. That you're like, oh fuck, these guys are not soldiers. They look like Boy Scouts. Their uniforms look yeah. like Boy Scouts. That's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first clue you get that it's that, that this is not what you're expecting. Yeah. No, I. Uh, 
and I just so just to to save myself on this, I, there's a lot to be enjoyed in this film, as far as watching that ragtag yeah crew sort of go <laughs> get deeper and deeper to the point where it's like they have to have their comeuppance, but you kind of want them to get away with it in yeah. some weird way. I I appreciate this as a film more than I like it. Yes. I think is the best way to describe it. Like I look at all the things they're doing and I can see what it inspired and what they're trying to do. And I, I like all that, but it's one of those movies too, where I go, got everything I needed out of it the first time around. Mm-hmm. It's not one where I would go back and revisit. Not at all. The way I, I would, you know, Kurosawa films sure. or films that it, it, it inspired after. It's kind of a weird, like hallway film. Yeah. Like I would go back and watch spaghetti Westerns again and enjoy them. For sure, where this this film, I feel like I I, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> the, the boxes. And checked. I totally agree. There's so much. There's so much stuff that that is a, uh, a a school of learning in this, as far as like, there you know, real real smart filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And you know, you watch it and you go like, my God, what it must have done just to pull off that really simple shot back then. Mm-hmm. And you know, even you watching on your nice big wall here. Is noticing how many shots are just like not crisp. They're not, you know, that they 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 they, they have to they, live with that footage that doesn't have the proper focus on it. Stuff well, it's just like, the amount of setup some of those shots must have been. Oh my god, they can't redo it. You know, yeah. That, like, I wonder how long it took them to shoot this. Oh, it would have been. I mean, just just the amount of money. This would have been a, a huge budget film because just to look at the extras they have. Yep. You know, the amount of people. Yeah, and like just, they, that was a war going on at one point. That yeah, were, no, it was massive. And there was a little moment with the bird and the hooker that wasn't getting paid enough. And then the little bird, and she was crying, and the bird was dying. Yeah. That was interesting. Do you remember that? Yeah, there's a lot of those little little nuanced things that were really interesting in this movie. They didn't pay her, did they? I, they, I think they? they either didn't pay or didn't pay her enough. I can't remember. They were disputing the fee. She'll eat the bird. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. 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 When he came in, you almost thought he might defend her honor. And then he's just like, let's go. <laughs> Nobody was defending anyone's honor in this movie. No. Was not that kind of a movie. No. Uh, well, except they were keen on this angel kid who caused them more problems than not. I don't know. Well, I think that was just about honor and just about he was one of us, even though he kind of fucked them over at one point. And he, at one point, you... He fu- fucked them over several times. Like, the first time they got lucky and they got a gig out of it. But this still is a very reckless thing to do. To shoot at, in the direction of yeah, the yeah, I mean it's it's funny. It's like they didn't make him the, they didn't make him an angel because you, you go to his town, you go to his village, and suddenly you sort of like oh, I you, I kind of understand him a little bit more. I come, you're almost sort of going like is he our is he our real hero in this going to be this real hero in the story? Then he kills his girlfriend, and we're like, nope, no, no, he's just he's part of he's wild, he's part of the wild bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. I could probably watch it again. I probably could. Just talking about it right now, like there's, it, it is a very odd. Um, I think like it's gonna stick with me. I'm gonna think about it. Yeah, because there's a lot. It's kind of redeeming. I don't know when. I guess it was made late enough, but it also kind of comes out on the side of the Mexicans in a way. I don't know. I don't think anyone came up. I mean, they were working with Nazis. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't think... they were kind of just like drunk assholes, like. Not those Mexicans, the other Mexicans. The oh, village. like from the village. Yeah. yeah the they ones were the, they donated they were... the guns to. They seem like they might have a cause. 
Yeah. Yeah, they were, yeah. They, want, they, they just wanted to survive. Poverty was their cause. What's that? Poverty was their cause. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's just, I mean, that, I mean, probably the most, you know, redeemable character is Cook. I call him Cook. I don't know what the fuck. He has a name that's not that. Yeah. But the old guy with the giant tobacco stain on his beard. Mm. Who had dynamite thrown him when he peed. Do most of the discussions go this way for the movies? When you when you guys are, are, we, having, are we having trouble defining it in a weird I, way? No, no, not necessarily. I mean, yeah. I think it's like you either you know the conversations go in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's a love fest. Sometimes mm-hmm. we just don't like the movie, or there's sometimes people love it and some people don't. Yeah, like we yeah. just did Citizen Kane recently, and and, and uh, I love Citizen Kane. I can watch that over and over. Kate Hewlett did not enjoy that movie. Oh, Kate. You know? But that's just it. But that was her first time she'd never seen it before? Yeah, she hadn't seen it before. Oh. So it's, you know, and that's that's what's kind of enjoyable about it. It's also, you know, it's a lot to ask somebody to say, I'm going to show you a movie, uh-huh. and you need to have an opinion about it right away. You don't have time to go and think about it. Right. Marinate on it. You know? So it's, 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 it's challenging with a movie like this, where you've got to sit down and go articulate some thoughts, and you're like, I don't know how I feel about some of this stuff. I just don't it's, know it's, why. Yeah, I think it, it's bothersome. That's why. It's yeah, like, but and I think I think we've all seen so many movies that are bothersome of this era. Also, I don't know how I, I just don't know how I missed it. Also, it's, it seems like the, why is this the film where I feel like at one point, especially in high school, I went through a western moment. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you and but for some reason I missed this. And I don't know why it was never came up on the radar with me and my friends. As far as when to watch. Because it was long, maybe? Maybe. Well, no, I mean, you know, I mean, I think we're all, we're, I was used to watching, you know, the Lawrence of Arabia's of films, which every, everything seemed to be about, be about three hours back then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it was a, a time factor. Maybe it was just not... Just missed it. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen a lot of Westerns, to be honest. I've only, like, only a little bit. I never went through, like, a phase. But we used to do a show that spoofed Westerns. And there was a guy, an actor on that show who basically realized was spoofing this old man, I think, because his character was basically identical. Well, that, that, that's a pretty big trope, that character. Yeah, half these guys are the in, old like... The guy who laughs crazily? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they're all in, like, Back to the Future 3, I think. Like, <laughs> honestly, they're all... They're, they're somewhat older, but they're all there. Back to the Future Part 3 is a great Western. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. For um, sure. But also, it's like that's that's the prospector in Toy Story Two as well. Mm-hmm. It's yes, Grammer's character. But, but by that yeah. point, you're referencing these kinds of movies, though. Yes, yeah. but it's not just based Who on that one. Who invented the old man? Oh, I think he invented himself. Yeah, I think <laughs> that was half the West. <laughs> I think they just <laughs> found prospectors that. who screwed up, and they're like, well, "I got nothing." I better they just crime. They found that guy like that. Those teeth are real. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, who? Where, where did that character? kind of originate I mean he's kind of the fool right so you could argue yeah, that I mean, Shakespeare the western, him. the western version of him uh, I don't know maybe it's this but it's uh, I mean that guy kind of exists in in Kurosawa movies though too mm-hmm. is know? he like and the, like is he the last man standing normally Cause he was yeah he's the, the guy that's left to tell the tale so he's the old coot that's actually got he's wiser beyond anyone actually knowing and mm. you know the first thing that the first way we're introduced to him is him laughing his ass off when He's the first one to laugh, and they find out that it's they stole he's washers. He's the first one to laugh, and he's the last one to laugh. He is the first and the last laugh. Like the last laugh. Yeah, yeah. Even though he gets shot in the leg, he still survives. I was kind of I was glad that he was the one to, to oh, make yeah. it out. Yeah, 
No, he had to. He had and, to. Win. And, he was, and the ending was very interesting with that other guy that we didn't actually spend that much time with. You know. No, you just got really, a sense that they used under, they used to be partners. We got the sense that he's probably similar to the other guy, even though they're on opposite sides now. But I think he just he took that side, I and mean, that's why and he's, he's just sort of sitting on the ground, and all this stuff's happening around him, and nobody's paying any attention to him. He's well, he's kind of thinking there. about where he's, and it, it goes back to that line we talked about of Bordine. It's like it's not, it's not what you give your word about; it's who you give it to. And it's just at one point he, he, you know, the offer was better to work for the railroad, yeah, than to keep working with Pike. And it's also, but it's also like it feels like this is his. There's this unrequited revenge. That he must have against this guy, he doesn't get to have it really because he gets killed before he gets a chance to have it. You know. Yeah. He, well, he makes a comment about how he was sent to jail, and we get that flashback right. where the cops. So there is revenge in. to be had on his part, and he doesn't really get it. He shows up. Like he's he already dead. Seem happy about his death. Well, either. It's uh, it feels it feels like he's got nothing left to do now that he's dead. It's like yeah, he's working <laughs> for the railroad because it's probably good money, but I, obviously this was his. He was after this guy. Yeah. That yeah, was you're right. Dream. And, and, and he didn't really get his comp- yeah. his satisfaction. That's an interesting. It's it's. I wonder if because every now and then they would do those weird little flashback things. Yeah. And and I wonder if that was originally planned or if they added those in after. Um, if if people were confused with the movie or and wanted some more backstory because they don't add oh, a lot I of mean, flavor. It's so it's so minor. Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't given me that, I would have been completely... I mean, I, I would have been like, well, they're rivals of some sort, I guess, but they could just be business rivals. They, they, I mean, they had a brotherhood as far as, you know, they they partied together and did jobs together and and uh, and then screwed each other over. So I, I did need that. If they put that in afterwards, yeah, that would be... The, that, well, that would feel like a major mistake that they had not... Had not accounted yeah. for it, yeah. But yeah, he doesn't really get anything out of the end, you know, they... He sort of follows them along. But I don't mind that. No one really gets what they're going after in this movie. Yeah, like, wh- like what what could a, the outcome possibly have been otherwise? I well, don't know why I'm expecting, like, yeah, it's it's kind of cool that he didn't get his thing. Because it usually ends in, in my mind, Western's going to have a shootout between those two guys at the very end. And he didn't get his. He didn't get what he wanted. He didn't. No, it's like, and they spent a long time. I got the impression he was sitting there. For I was. While. I was expecting them to have like that's where this film has to end is with the two of them having their moment, their moment, their shootout of some sort. It's kind of brilliant in a weird way that like he goes yeah. through this whole movie and he doesn't get it. I mean, that's kind of what the Coens do too, right? Sure. Like, tr- like their um, uh, No Country for Old Men does that multiple times. Mm. Spoiler: If you haven't seen that movie, you know yeah. they. Uh, they, it's not about what you expect. It just seems very chancy for a big film to like not pay off on that on that idea that they've really been pushing for a long. Like it's really brave in a lot of ways. It's like yeah, dude, it's, this character's going to end up not satisfied. And that's the set. I think for 1966, you know, this is a big studio film, big budget. It's yeah. not Easy Rider, which is right around the same time, and that's a film that you know it's part of the counter. It's I, I think. You know, when did Butch Cassidy come out? Was that like more seventies? Yeah, it's around this time. It's very similar, but I think we're starting to enter. Like America is starting to enter into the counterculture, mm-hmm. and so they're just ripe and ready for something like this. I mean, oh, just for all sure. about yeah. bad guys. All nobody's really a hero, and nobody gets what they want in the end. 
because that's what life is like, man. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And it's, I think it is, it has something to do also with these, they're, they're older cowboys also. They're not necessarily like they, it's that old Hollywood thing with this new, these new, what feels like a new golden age of, of where films were going kind of throws me off a little bit because it's just the performances feel like John Wayne performances sometimes. And I think that maybe pulled me out every once in a while. But with, sorry. with new kind of filmmaking though. Yeah. 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 Like how old was Peckinpah when he made this film? I wonder. I mean, he's, he, he'd been already around for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He hadn't made straw dogs is after this. Um, yeah, it's interesting, but it is like all of my, like the, the, the characters in the film, the story, the, the timeline of the film, and when the film was actually made are all at this kind of turning point in time. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. It's when also sort of like the sexual revolution, right? So for this film to come out then is kind of crazy also, because like it is, it's very hard not to feel like there's a, there, First of all, we didn't even think a woman was going to be in this film for the first 20 minutes. Oh, I knew there'd be prostitutes. Yeah. I was wondering about that. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's quite shocking at times how, how like, I mean, it is a bro film, I guess. Well, that's to say, because you also look, there's a great uh, Robert Altman movie that we did in the podcast called McCabe and Mrs. Miller okay. with Warren Beatty and I want to say Faye Dunaway, mm-hmm. uh, that it's about like a... You know, starting up a new town, and she's the madam and kind of in charge, and and that one is, is again around this time period, uh, but definitely has some great female characters mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, this is also common for these big giant bro movies. Like the to, biggest sort of acting woman was the woman before she got shot. Oh yeah, no, I. I, it's not. There's no point where I didn't know what their relationship was happening in their relationship. I didn't need a translation at all. Like things, mm-hmm. were, things were going really wrong there, and mm-hmm. there was. It's. I, but I. I was like, wait, that's his love. Oh, I guess not. <laughs> no. And then there's the. And then there's the woman that shoots Pike at the end. Yeah. And then he just he has no problem turning around and just calling her a bitch and like. Well, they're a away. human shield. The woman is a human and shield. The woman is a human shield too. Well, they do that in the opening scene too. They grab one of the one of the church going women in the, in the right. middle yeah. of the town and just have her. But I think that is that one of the mercenaries does that, or is that one of the bank robbers? I don't. I can't remember. But I just remember. I remember they're going. Oh fuck. Anyway, some great stuff. It's a movie that will definitely stick with me. And oh yeah. And I'll think about it a lot, but it's but like his ex, his ex girlfriend's husband also shoots her. Like the 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 jealousy shooting happens twice in this movie. Oh sure, in the I flashback, mean, the husband comes back and shoots her. The one that he was having an affair with. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know what you mean. I'm confused. Well, I mean, Angel shot his girlfriend because she was with another man, but er, but in a flashback, his ex-girlfriend also got shot, but, like, that seems to be sort of just what happens. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. When, you, when, when you're a woman's with another man, you shoot her. Yeah. Not first. him. Oh, never Not him. him. But I'm we understand to, why he's doing it. We shoot her. Like, then, you have a big, you. then you have a big chuckle about it. But we're yeah. having sort of a strange visceral reaction to it now. And I'm wondering, though, just like coming out of old cowboy films, going into this, if an audience, when they saw it back then, were like shocked as well. I mean, they must have been. It's pretty aggressive. It's it, pretty aggressive. It'd be interesting like, to read reviews from the time. Yeah. Like, you're coming out of like the hero. It's always the sheriff. It's not a lot of, it's not a lot of, uh, I mean, if there are, yeah, sure, there's the, 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 you know, bad guy heroes. But I feel like this is the, that was probably probably why this film was so held in such high regard is that it 
it was revolutionary as far as uh, we're watching the worst people in the world and we're on their side. We want to see them possibly, it's not going to end well. Yeah, like when that wagon wheel gets caught in the bridge, I'm like, ooh, get it out, get, get it, it out. out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see what happened. Oh. Yeah, but it's also fascinating because we're three people that have, are watching this for the first time. And I know that when I posted about, when we posted about this movie, there were several people going, oh, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. It's such a, what a gem, what a classic. It's like, it'd be interesting to sit down. It would have been interesting to have someone uh, of that mindset to sit down and go, oh, so tell us more about your, you know, your digested thoughts that you've sat with mm-hmm. in terms of love for the film. Because, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to keep thinking about it. I, I don't know what my overall final opinion on this film is. I, yeah, I, I hate that I said that I don't think I'd watch it again because the more we're talking about it, it's like, I feel like if it was on, I would, I'd have to watch it again. Like, it's... <laughs> So I feel, I feel like, like I could watch it again in my mind at any time. It was very it's just vivid. There. It's already in there, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely think, those strong images that are like very sticky. Lots of very sticky images. Yeah. I definitely think in a couple of years if my son goes through any kind of a Western phase. It'll come up. It'll come up and he'll be like, holy shit. Mm. And stuff that's going on with how, those horses. How old is your son at this point? He's about to turn 10. So he's he's it's too early for for westerns at this point probably maybe a little bit I, I'm about, I'm gonna show him we're about to go on a family trip to Japan and we're gonna uh, and he wants to watch Seven Samurai. So that's great. That's great. Inter- that, that's the introduction and then he goes this starts everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it really does. Great. So any final thoughts? Um. Nothing. I, don't, I don't think there's a final thought. I mean, the, to me, to me, the most vivid thing was the, was the the child onlookers. I noticed that very much throughout the film, and I think it gave it almost redeemed the film because without that third party perspective on the horrific things happening, and the sort of filmmaker commentary on how they were then appropriating that, it would have been just yeah. pure violence. Yeah, it lets you know that he's aware of. Yeah, that. it almost made it made a little made it a little bit more. Um, well, it keeps it, it keeps it from being like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an exploitation film, mm-hmm. in a way, because it's not far off. I, well, I mean, it, 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 you can't tell me that at the time that that its job was not to make an audience cringe at how and these, be shocked and be shocked at how people how how these men exist. Mm-hmm. You know, let, it had to. I mean, I I think the thing that they that's furthest away from reality is that they they almost were I, I feel like people from that time were so not put together like I feel like <laughs> like and I feel like a, a real western couldn't exist I feel like I read something about how they had to part, start putting saloons and people drinking whiskey in in uh, uh, westerns but that wasn't what they were they were all heroin addicts back then and so like they would rob a place and they'd go to one of the you know uh a play, a little, little uh, uh, Asian, uh, yeah, the heroin um, den, and and stay there for a week, passed out, and then go rob again, and that's really what the the routine was of the bank robbers back then, of the of the stagecoach robbers, was quite quite boring because <laughs> they were just stoned all the time, you know. So yeah, but they changed like it to the alcohol. Opium den, yeah, opium or? den. That's what. It yeah, was. opium dens. Yeah. yeah, so that they had to sort of. Uh, that's how they sort of livened up a, um, the the original movies, and it just sort of stuck. 
That's what I've, with, that's what with I've the read. the alcohol and the whiskey. Yeah, and like, you know, the, the, the prostitutes were upstairs, and then you, you'd head up after your bottle of whiskey, but basically they weren't even, like, they weren't even into women. This is what I read recently. I wish I could remember the article. Oh, that's about interesting. About how that, it was, I think it was talking about the opioid crisis and how it's represented and where heroin first came into play in North America through the opium dens and the truth about the, the original cowboys is that they were all addicted to opium. Mm. Um, needless to say, that has nothing to do with my final thoughts. On that's movie. fantastic, though. That's a, that's a, that's a great takeaway. I, 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 I had no idea. I, yeah, if you find that article, forward over to me. I love yeah, it was. I think it was in the Times, and it was about. They were just talking about the history of like the real snake oil salesmen were selling stuff that either had cocaine or heroin in it mm. back then, and it was total. This is a different conversation because it was it was literally incorporated. You know, heroin was a legal drug at one point up until yeah. the. But isn't Coca Cola have cocaine? Sure, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, the leaf or whatever. But um, I don't know. I guess my takeaway though is that I, it still holds up as far as the shock value is concerned. As, as far as like you know, falling into a buddy buddy movie about bros, <laughs> that you're you don't necessarily. It, it, I'm always shocked that they they can make you care. Yeah, first of all, but. Uh, and children, children throughout the movie. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, there's something really lovely about that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Jackie, because I, I I noticed it, but I didn't really think about it too too much. Mm. Yeah, it's a great little uh, little touch, and it's nice to see sort of what probably was the the dawn of the antihero movement in a lot of ways on such an aggressive level. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of prior to this where you would have seen. Maybe some, maybe some more traditional like World War II movies, but I don't even think I think they were still heroic. I like there's there's not a lot to say about these guys being heroes to anyone except for their group. Yeah, you know, and and that was probably quite quite new. Well, nobody's then. altruistic. They're all just yeah. doing things for themselves. Yeah, mm. you know, there no one's no one's fighting for the town. No one's fighting for the government. No, and Angel comes closest to that with his weapons for sure. his village. Yeah, but that's after he does so many terrible things. I know. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, well, thanks for thanks for coming over. Thanks for having yeah. us, though. Yeah, thank this you. is super fun. It's very interesting. I want to think of more movies that I haven't seen that I'll be yes. not so after at the end. Like, I'm really confused about my emotions right now. <laughs> that's okay. Come back anytime. Cool. Let's all go to Thanks for joining us for The Wild Bunch. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.